What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 46 of the RXP podcast. Podcast where three working professionals talk all about their love for movies, TV shows, and video games. My name is Matt, and I'm your host, and today I am joined by Tiffany. The glazed pull-apart donut from McDonald's is just okay. Is that a new thing? Yeah, it's a new thing. Oh, okay. A new treat. Yeah. See, I can't partake in that. You know, that gluten. All that gluten up in there. Anyway. I w- you know, I hope one day they come out with a pill that lets you tolerate gluten. Could you imagine, like, a glutade? Yes. Yeah. That would be amazing. I would freaking love it. Anyway, and Alex. Welcome, listeners, to the start of year two of the RXP podcast. We made it. We made it to year number two. I can't believe it. Um, Yeah, if you want to check out our anniversary podcast, episode 45 is, of course, on all of our podcasts. podcast services so go check it out give it a like or whatever you do for that five stars sure that sounds great unless it's out of 10 stars yeah then give us leave a us a review on apple podcasts <laughs> yeah so but, but only if it's a good review yeah we only accept uh the reviews that agree with whatever we're saying so perfect but today to start off it has actually been like listeners may not know it's been a while since we recorded and you know what? We've been doing a lot of things. We've been playing games. We've been uh, traveling, some of us, uh, which has been great. Uh, we've been watching TV shows, movies. I want today to be all about what we've been doing. As we start year number two, no better place to start than with our variety game show, VGS, the game within the game. Okay, no no air horns. Perfect. Thanks, Tiffany. No. <laughs> <laughs> did it. You did the air horn at the beginning. I was like, all right, she's got it. She's she's going with it. <laughs> but today, like we normally do, we are keeping the tradition alive about making up games as we go. And today, I have a very special new game for you and Alex, Tiffany. It is called I'd Plat That. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so uh, I'd plot that. <laughs> it is going to be five rounds for five games that are available on PlayStation Store. That could be PS3, it could be PS4, it could be PS5, whatever. Um, I'm going to name first a bronze trophy. You guys can guess if you like. Then a silver trophy, then a gold trophy, and then a platinum trophy. If you can guess the game based on the bronze trophy, you'll get four points. If you can name the game based on the silver trophy, you get three points. Name it on the gold, you get two. And name it on the platinum, you get one point. Does that make sense? I feel like this is skewed towards Alex. Yes. Because I don't remember anything. Well, here's... And I'll take it. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some (laughs) of these might be older. Some of these might be newer. And I believe in you both. I purposely, and this will be your big hint... I have purposely picked games that both of you have played. So you have this somewhere in your memory. You have it. I promise. It's just for fun. And you know, I'll take the slight advantage because I'm going up against the former champion. Yeah. Slash current champion. So I need (laughs) all the help I can get to dethrone the title from you. Yeah, exactly. 
Like, Alex and I have to stick together. We have to just, every game has to be about trophies <laughs> this entire year. We've got to dethrone the <laughs> yeah, queen. Yeah, what? <laughs> no. All right, everybody. We're going to start with round number one with the bronze trophy called Fashionista. Any guesses? In... I'm going to guess Sackboy's Big Adventure. The queen lives on. Yeah! It is Sackboy Sack Big Adventure. That is the bronze. <laughs> Alex, for all of Sax you. Sackboy. Sack it's boy. the jazz version. It is a jazz version. Yeah. Um, Alex's face was not happy <laughs> that she got that first. <laughs> so much for our plan, Alex. Um, but... So the bronze trophy, fashionista, silver, best friends forever, gold, string it together, and then the platinum. Anyone remember it? Big um, adventure. A big adventure. Yeah. <gasps> yep. There it is. I got it. You would have gotten it. You would have gotten it. But you know what? You got Wait, it. Wait, you didn't get that platinum. That's no. true. Okay. Wow. Wow. Way to call. Listen, me I, out. I'm just saying two of us have the platinum here, and we won't name who's not that person. Anyway. Moving on to round two, Tiffany with an early lead. The bronze trophy. Cats out of the bag. Spider-Man. Could you be more specific? Spider-Man. Well, I'm I'm letting Alex do it. You know, I'm letting Alex <laughs> take it. I'm not going to do that. You know, Alex. Marvel Spider-Man? No, 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 no. You... There's two games that could be... Known as Spider-Man. Oh, so, oh, oh, Yeah. This could be a four-point... I'm going to say Spider-Man 2018. Excellent work. Alex, Cats Out of the Bag is from Spider-Man PS4, came out in 2018. Um, yeah. I just wanted to make sure you weren't thinking Miles Morales. We're good. We're good. I, I thought you were trying to pull the whole, like, Marvel Spider-Man no, no. on me. But I got that title on deck, too. No, <laughs> see, you know what? I'm not about that life. Year two in, still don't care about the specific use of articles. <laughs> anyway, so tied up, four and four. Just to round out Spider-Man PS4, the bronze was cats out of the bag, of course, using, you know, the black cat. Uh, all the King's Men, done with Kingpin. Gold is actually probably one of the easier ones. I heart Manhattan. And then platinum was their catchphrase. Be greater. Anyway, four and four. Moving on to round three. The bronze. Biker boy. Wow. Any I Biker guesses? boy. Yep. This is a bronze trophy. Do we get a free guess each turn? Sure. Or each yeah. trophy? If you want to. Within reason. I might, I'm gonna, I might I'm go gonna to say, silver. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, Final Fantasy 15. Nope. Final Fantasy 7 Remake. It is Final 7. Oh. Final Fantasy 7 Remake. Bronze Biker Boy. It's that whole scene Gosh. of them on the highway and everything. If you, I uh, hate that scene. I think if you didn't get damaged more than like 70%, like if you had 70% of your health or more. I never got that trophy. You got that special yeah. trophy. Um, I did Silver, not dressed to the nines. When you got all nine dresses, um, still haven't gotten that. Uh, gold, ultimate weapon, still haven't gotten that. And then platinum, master of fate, still have not gotten that. 
Final Fantasy Seven Remake. Alex, did you know? Terrible. Did you actually know, or was it when I said Final? No, Fantasy it's 15? when you said Final Fantasy Fifteen. I, I was it. like, oh, it's Seven Remake. Uh, I was actually thinking of uh, uh, Little Big Planet Three for some reason. I'm like, is that something in Little Big Planet Three? And then I was thinking. Well, my initial thought was Days Gone, uh-huh. but then I'm like, I know you haven't played Days Gone, so it can't be that. And then I could only think of Little Big Planet, and then you said Final Fantasy 15. I'm like, it's not that. It's Seven Remake, baby. Uh-huh. baby. Roosh, roosh, roosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Round four. This is still anyone's game. Got two more rounds. Come on, Tiffany. First clue for the bronze trophy. Return to Sender. Oh my gosh, I know this. Zoom, zoom. Um, it's freaking Kana Bridge of Spirits. Oh, Alex was about to freaking say I, it. I honestly, what I had it, uh-huh. but I was seeing how long it took you to actually say it. Well, let me tell you that that is not a unique trophy name because it is not Kana Bridge of Spirits. You stop it because it is Kana I, Bridge of Spirits. I knew you guys would guess this, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. But to this, no. Then I have a guess. Okay, if she it. guesses what? that, then Retur- my guess. Return to Sender. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. That is right. It is Ratchet and Clank. Oh my Rift god! Apart. No. Return to Sender. That was actually my last trophy that uh, I got before the platinum. That is. I think also that was her my last, last trophy, trophy yeah. too. Because that gun Shut that up. you have to get. And like fully upgrade reactor. Oh, it was so bad. Like I had to go so far in the new game plus to get that trophy. It was terrible. Um, I really love Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, their trophy list. Their trophy list was one very obtainable, but two, the names of them are hilarious. <laughs> so I was figuring that you guys would probably make it pretty early on uh, with these clues. But Bronze Return to Sender, Silver. Does this make my tail look big? Gold, too fuzz, too nefarious, which is probably the best title of a trophy out there. And then platinum, masters of the multiverse. So with that... You know what? I'm literally going to veto this because Kana Bridge of Spirits does have a bronze trophy title sure return does. to sender. It sure does. But does it have a silver with does this make my tail look big? A gold, two fuzz, two nefarious, and a platinum. I'm of going of to multiverse. murder you the next time I see you in person. All right, I'm gonna throw you. I'm gonna throw you down the stairs. That is a uh, a threat. But anyway, <laughs> threats <laughs> I, I, aside, I might need to bleep that out. That's self-incriminating evidence. I'm gonna <laughs> try to protect your sister. I'll scrub it from the record. <laughs> it's just gonna be a lot of zoom zooms right in the middle of that. Um. But with that, threats or not, Alex claims the first W, but just for fun. Shall we move on to the last rounds? Just for fun. No. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Alex is here for it. <laughs> no one said yes. No one said yeah. Did you hear a yes? I, I did not. Yes. I, yeah, yeah. Alex says yes. All right. Bronze trophy, midnight snack. I'm vetoing this game. I'm, I'm having a riot okay my body my choice i'm not participating all right alex is just me and you man (laughs) all right silver trophy sunday best any guesses anything coming to mind 
Man, Sunday best. It's a shame because this is a game that Tiffany loves. Too bad she's not participating. Oh, yeah. This is uh, overcooked uh, all-you-can-eat. It is not overcooked all-you-can-eat. Gold trophy, feeding frenzy. Anything. Anything come to mind. You're definitely going to get in the platinum. Overcooked 2. Nope, no overcooked game. The platinum, which gives it away. Bug Snacks Master. Oh, Bug Snacks. Yeah, this, of course, is Bug Snacks. Um, just looking at the trophy list for Bug Snacks, man, what a messed up game. That midnight snack is when you f- like force feed the guy that was against having Bug Snacks like caged or whatever, or like studied or eaten or whatever, and you're like force just, feeding yeah, him at midnight. He was basically, it's yeah, like he's basically a, a vegan, uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So funny. Um, that was a, such a messed up game, but really fun. And uh, all three of us got the platinum in that. Actually, if you look at the li- this list, um, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, we all three got the platinum too. So well done, well done. Alex, you claim the first point of the season. Congratulations. Um, Tiffany, you are tied with me at zero. Thank you for playing. And that concludes our episode. No, I'm kidding. We've got plenty more to talk about, people. We've got stuff we've been playing, stuff we've been watching. You know, I was looking at these trophy lists, and I couldn't help but notice that one person on this podcast has been mighty busy. Mighty busy reaching triple digits in platinum trophies. I am talking about Alex. You have finally reached the 100 platinum trophy mark i guess congratulations one after after 11 long years 11 of playing games and earning trophies wonderful but long years um what did it what was your hundredth uh, trophy or platinum trophy uh, it was tales of arise uh, a game in a series that i have loved since i was a kid playing tales of symphonia originally on the gamecube that game blew my mind it came on two of those GameCube mini discs. I'm like, you know, when you get to the point where it's like, you know, open the tray, like pop open the lid and swap in the second disc. Like that moment was like, wow, this is a game, right? Like this is something that's bigger than one disc. I remember Tales of Symphonia was on, I was, uh, I subscribed to Nintendo Power as a kid. And so I had um, a Tales of Symphonia as a cover title, like it was a cover title one month. I actually still to this day have no idea what a Tales game is. Like, is it, this is going to be very naive of me. I just don't know. Is this a JRPG or, or what is this? Yeah. Think, think of it as a JRPG series similar to final fantasy. Okay. So unless the titles are specifically like noting it's a sequel. So whether it has a subtitle or it has like, officially the number two in the title okay uh they're all standalone entries so you can really get into this franchise just like final fantasy and say hey you know i've never played tales of game just like you matt and i might be interested it's a you know jrpg japanese rpg that is heavily emphasizing uh action combat Mm -hmm. so this goes back to the roots of the franchise back when i think it debuted on the super nintendo or maybe 64 i don't know it's an old series uh, very popular in Japan, but it's always been about action combat. So none of this, 
you know, old school Final Fantasy turn-based stuff. It's you click a button, you're attacking on the screen, you're clicking another button, you're dodging around, you're actually moving the stick to move your character. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a very open series, and I would recommend Tales of Arise if you are interested, because I think it being the most, the newest one, obviously, and, and the most modern, is very welcoming to new newcomers. I, I want to ask you a question, and feel free to say no, because you know we have this huge thing at the end of this year. We haven't really talked about it. We know we're going to have an end of the year show where we talk about our most recommended experiences but just common titles being common is this your in the running game of the year yes this is easily in the running there there are some things i expect to be playing that might contest it but i'd say as of end of september right now that we are uh we're definitely clear there because it's it's and not to say that nostalgia plays a large Uh factor in this but it is something where i thought the game itself really stood up for itself you know a lot of good modernizations a lot of quality of life things uh and i guess i don't know if we're going deep into it now yeah go for it particularly one thing i want to shout out is so last year you know my game of the year was final fantasy 7 remake Mm -hmm. and the thing i one of the things i really enjoyed about that game was when you finish a side quest, it gave you the option to fast travel back to the quest giver and turn it in. Yeah. And that was something that I really loved because it right it cuts out a lot of the backtracking. It gets you to where you want to be. You're saying, hey, I killed the seven rats in the sewer. I just want to go turn this in and get my loot, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to have to run all the way back there. So let me fast travel. Now, Tails doesn't do this, right? You, you do have to run back. But <laughs> in the end... <laughs> in the instances you, you laid that where, up as if that was going to be a shining moment and you're like yeah all that stuff that's great it does none of that <laughs> yeah no but what's funny is they also both are built on unreal engine so that goes to show tails you could have done that okay. but you didn't but i'll let it slide this time uh, but instead what they do with quests is if you've already met the fulfillment or the requirements for the quest as you're talking to the quest giver, you can just say, oh, I already have it. Here you go. Mm. And you can just complete the quest right immediately. You don't have to like talk to them again after accepting it. It's just one and done. And it's it's the little things like that that Tales of Arise does so well in, in making the game more modern. It It's smart about saying, we're going to try and not waste your time. We're going to let you, you know, complete the game as you want. You can adjust the difficulty on the fly, which I know difficulty is a major topic these days, and I mm-hmm. really appreciate it. Um, I did complete the whole game on normal difficulty, but I did go through some of the post-game content on story mode. Uh, not to say that I found it too challenging, but it was to the point where, right, we're in a time I want to play a lot of things. So just to kind of expedite the process, hey, let's tone that difficulty down. And it lets you do it. And yeah, it's... It's all those small things. Also, it lets you fast travel to any fast travel point, no matter where you are. So unless the game in the story is disabling fast travel, it doesn't matter where you are, you can go anywhere. And I think that's something that is sorely lacking in a couple of other games we'll mention later today. But I really appreciate it as well, just as part of that. Mm-hmm. Hey, the game, I'm not trying to waste your time. Get where you want to go. You know, See the story. Do the combat you know, 
I guess, forge bonds with your, your party members. But what about all the locations that game designers have meticulously created for us? I mean, I've experienced it when I run through it the first time. For me, it's the ease of fast traveling after you've seen the area, right? Because a lot of the fast travel points you don't unlock till after you've like gone near them. Mm-hmm. So it is that thing of when you're revisiting areas, you can go back quickly. And not to say I'm trying to discount these environments that the designers have made, you know, the char- environment artists, character artists, great work. Tales of Rise looks great, especially this being the first Tales game in Unreal Engine. Uh, this is their first time they're moving off of a proprietary engine they've used for the past decade or so. So definitely the game looks good. Um, but, you know, sometimes games are there for entertainment. I enjoy the art, but I just want to play the game. Mm-hmm. And so the fast traveling is just one way to help me enjoy the game more. Yeah. Fast travel, you never realize how important a good fast travel mechanic is until you come across a really poor fast travel mechanic. <laughs> maybe we'll talk about it later. Maybe, maybe. Did you play anything else that you're kind of like stoked on and maybe still in the running for game of the year? Uh, I'd say some things in the past I've already mentioned. Okay. Uh, Fist uh, and I guess even going farther back, uh, Wreckfest. Wreckfest, I know, is something I mentioned way earlier this year, but it's still definitely on my radar saying there are very few games like Wreckfest that I've played, especially in the racing space, where it is such a good middle line, middle road mm-hmm. of both catering to the casual gamer as well as the more intense slash hardcore gamer. Because gotcha. there's a lot of nuances to that game where, hey, if you want to dig deep into this, there's a lot of things you can tweak to give you the edge in racing. And then on the flip side, there's a lot of stuff in the game where it's saying, Hey, if you don't want to mess with that, you know, it doesn't matter, right? The, the demolition derby mode, you just want to wreck cars, mm-hmm. hop in there, you know, 24 people in a weird cage, like, you know, courtyard, boom, just start ramming each other. So that definitely kind of fits the bill of saying games are there for entertainment and breakfast does a really good job in just giving me that, you know, pick up and play fun. Perfect. Uh, and I guess currently I'm playing Judge Lost Judgment, the sequel to Judgment that came out in 2019. Yeah. Not done with it yet, but, you know, early on, I'd say it's definitely up there. I saw uh, ProZD. He uh, voices a character in Lost Judgment. They gave him, like, some sort of care package I saw on Twitter. I saw that when I was watching his uh, YoPlay <laughs> yogurt, his, like, 18 minute videos Ranking? where he just like yeah he like puts them from Ranks like things. f to s tier i watch that crap so much i'm like oh ruffles i can watch that for 20 minutes <laughs> and he's like yeah this got a uh, a good potato flavor uh it's got some salt and he's just talking about a regular potato chip like that dude so entertaining fantastic voice um yeah have you run across his character at all do you even know what character he plays S- yeah, so I'm actually playing it in Japanese, so I'm not going to hear oh, his character because he did the, <laughs> yeah, he did the English dub for it. Uh, but in case uh, there is a trophy that I do need to replay the story on the hardest difficulty. Nice. So I'm definitely intrigued on playing that in English just to hear the English voice acting because I know it's it's this thing that might come up, you know, maybe future episode, but the whole sub versus dub debate Ooh, um i would love that debate but i 
at least for when I play the Yakuza series uh-huh. and its spinoffs, I really enjoy playing in Japanese first. Also due to the fact that the games take place in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it seems just kind of weird if I'm playing, you know, Japanese people living in Japan, but they're speaking English, at least for the first time. Man, you got to love these trophies that are asking you to play the game on the hardest difficulty. You just got to love it. Just got to love it. No, wink, wink. no you no. don't. <laughs> you don't have to love it. You can hate it. You can hate it? Okay, Tiffany. Tiffany, take it away. What What have you been up to? Well, I am currently enjoying my six months free of Apple TV Ooh, nice. that was provided to us by Sony. Thank you, Sony. For those who have a PlayStation 5, I've watched the first season of Mythic Quest and don't remember if I mentioned it on the pod before, but it is hilarious. It is about game development, and it's about this company that makes this game called, this MMO called Mythic Quest. And it has shenanigans about, you know, microtransactions, about combat, about gaming mechanics. Like the first episode is about how an engine, an, the lead engineer designed a shovel, which you can use in game to changed terrain okay and then everyone was like you know kids are just gonna like dig phallic symbols right and she's like no they won't and then they're like no they totally will and she's she's, and the lead engineer is a woman and she's like no they won't we'll make it incapable of of phallic symbols just to protect the thing and then the main creative director is like no we should make it into a weapon it'd be much cooler and then the engineer's like no it's to change gameplay it's to change terrain (laughs) and then you have this like fake or this streamer that streams mythic quest who's this like 11 year old boy Uh that basically shows on stream who has like millions of twitch followers whatever he tries to dig a phallic symbol <laughs> in the and he's like look at how lame they're blocking the uh, like art and, you know what i mean like the that's art. literally the first episode yeah <laughs> that's the first episode and it's really funny and there's more shenanigans like that short show sitcom i think the always sunny people okay are involved were involved a little bit they have like ashley birch is in the show and helps write it who's the voice of aloy and i think tiny tina in the borderlands game so she's pretty prevalent in the gaming world oh she's also kate bishop in avengers so like you know oh, they know got that. some gamers up in there um it was pretty funny I haven't yet to start season two. It's done, um, but I'm excited to get to that. How I do have to say, though, there are some things that, like, some of the characters are outrageous, or, okay. like, a lot of the char- characters are outrageous, so it depends on the type of humor you, you enjoy. But the lead engineer is this um, Asian-Australian lady, and she just yells a lot. Like, mm. You know, because she's no one's like listening to her, you know, and so she's like very active and in her character. What would be the comparison here? Like, are we talking like Leslie Nope, like crazy or like Michael Scott crazy or like somewhere in between? Oh, that's a very good. Because I'll tell you, season one of Parks and Rec, Leslie Nope almost did it for me. Like, I almost didn't get past the first season because... Oh, the yeah. amount of outrageous she is, is I was like, 
this is annoying. Like, this is just not fun. <laughs> like, is it like that or, or not not as high high caliber? It's not as high because I still could get past it. Okay. I just, you know, it's because it's, it's the character that, like, is literally the most reasonable, but everyone else is so crazy that they don't listen to her. So then she gets frustrated because they're not listening to her. Mm. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And so that's part of it. But... You know, I think it's pretty great. Like, I got through it. Okay. They had a pandemic episode, which was really intense, actually. Like, it was pretty intense. It showed everyone, like, working from home in a Zoom call. And I do have to say, there was this one, like, one-minute scene mm-hmm. with the, um, the, the lead writer is this, like, quote-unquote, like, award-winning. He wrote novels in, like, the 80s and 90s that were, you know won awards right and so he's now like in his late 60s or something he's a creative director writing the narrative for the this video game and he (laughs) in the episode of the pandemic when he tries to join a zoom call for the meeting he just accidentally keeps turning on the panda filter (laughs) he like mutes himself he doesn't mute you know he unmutes himself you know he doesn't have the camera on like it's a good minute long gag but i was crying laughing because he's like i'll just call you on the phone i'll just call you and they're like no no no, don't call me you gotta use zoom there's a call in zoom and he's like (laughs) you you see like him calling someone and you know it's just hilarious like yeah yeah really funny so in terms of video games, though, I did. Well, hold beat... on. I, I got a question about is this Apple TV, right? That you're watching yes, this on? Yes, this is Apple TV. Ha- yes. Did you watch any Ted Lasso? I did not. Okay. Man, I really want someone that I can, like, actually take their opinion about it because that is the thing that I want to try out on Apple TV. I haven't, I haven't you know, redeemed my subscription. Never mind. What's preventing you from redeeming it? Or like, um, what, what are you waiting for? Well, I've got a lot of games I'm playing right now, so that's kind of... Okay. I don't really have a lot of time for it. But anyway, that was my only that's question. Fair. Carry on. Uh, well, gaming-wise, I tried out the demo for Voice of Cards, the Isle of Dragon. What is or that? What, whatever that... Remember on the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo Direct that we had? They showed off the Square Enix game which is oh, basically yeah. a card game, but yeah. also a tabletop game. Uh, they mm-hmm. came out with a demo. The game comes out October 28th, and I only played 45 minutes of it, maybe 30, 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. I'm kind of into it. Oh, really? It, okay. Yeah. It's like kind of weird because you're basically a little, like you have a little piece on the board, and like there's just a bunch of cards everywhere that are flipped that are face down and you walk each movement you make is on top of a card. And then if the card is significant, it'll turn over and you interact with it. Gotcha. So it's like you're playing a, like a board game where you don't know where you're going. And okay. then, I mean like you're just moving around in a room, right? And each square is a different thing, but you won't know it until you literally touch the square and the combat seems pretty okay. Like, the combat seems like a regular card game combat situation, which, you know, 
I'm I'm into that. So I'll probably be checking that out in October, maybe. It's very it's pretty affordable. It's thirty dollars. So, but we'll see what the reviews get for that. And then obviously the big elephant in the room. Do Your it. girl Tiffany has been hyped, like conducting the hype train for a little game called Cana Bridge of Spirits. And mm. I'm gonna tell everyone that because of of my passion for the train, the hype train, I think that was its downfall for me. This is not my game of the year. Wow. This game was fine. Wow. It was fine. <laughs> I, I think it was a good game. Okay. There were things that I really liked and things that bothered me. Mm-hmm. One thing that I really loved with my little rot babies I love them so much. I loved collecting the hats. I loved finding my rot mm-hmm. friends. I I really liked a lot of the puzzles. I did not like being lost on the map <laughs> all the time. I have no sense of direction in video games. I barely have a sense of direction in real life. The fact that I couldn't ping locations and follow my like r- my little marker or have a a ui that shows me if i'm headed in the right direction or not you know Mm -hmm. like final fantasy 7 has that bar at the top that was like a mini compass that you know kind of showed you if you're going in the right way because i constantly just pulled up my map and closed my map when i was doing the collect-a-thon situation obviously when playing the game it's relatively linear so it's not that bad like when I'm just playing and like going somewhere, that's fine. But when I'm like trying to backtrack and find the hats and find more rot, I struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm one of those people that thought the game was challenging. <laughs> the normal mode got to my first encounter with the first boss of the game. Uh-huh. I died like 10 times. And then I said, I can't do normal anymore. I was planning on playing normal and then I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And so I played the rest of the game in story mode. I did try to increase my difficulty back to normal. And then I noped out of there very quickly. <laughs> um, so I thought some of the, the combat ch- trophies were challenging mm-hmm. for me. I couldn't parry. I literally could not parry until they patched the parry mechanic. Mm. So, like, I kept, like, Alex is like, you just parry. And I'm like, what do you mean I just parry? He's like, got to wait till it gets, like, real close. And I'm like, they literally hit me. I'm, like, trying to parry right before they actually hit me. Mm-hmm. My parry never triggers, and then I get hit. So, I mean, you know, Matt, maybe after the parry mechanic was fixed for me, maybe yeah. I could have gone back to normal. Cause, mm-hmm. But I didn't try. I didn't try to go back to normal after the parry was up dated um so yeah i i thought it was a little i guess the part of the issue for me was i thought that normal was too hard and i thought easy was too easy so i mean that's my own fault though i can't really blame the game for that but i don't know i guess i just wanted something i guess i just thought it'd be just more yeah i really don't know like, like they kept I- pushing it back and like i thought they were making something fantastic i mean it was fun but, like, we also didn't really find out about Kana at all. We didn't learn about her at all. We found out about her dad. Except. <laughs> Maybe. that oh, we, found, we found out she had a dad. Yeah. 
That's a good point. <laughs> That's about it. Um, yeah, so that was kind of my mixed feelings about it. I mean, I think it's an 8 out of 10 game. Okay. I just... That's fair. I don't... Yeah, just... Yeah. Alex, you look like you've got some hot thoughts, man. I mean, I, I want to shout out, though, at least, you know, just like Tails, you can change the difficulty while you're playing the game. And I think that is one of, like, the major key points, like, going into the future of, like, any game that if you have, at least this is my opinion, mm-hmm. if you have a game that has difficulty settings, like, you can change it, please let me change it on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think things like Kana, things like Tales of Arise that let you do that, it's definitely a boon to the experience. Because, like, right in Tiffany's case, if, you know, to propose a question, if you couldn't turn it down, would you have restarted the game, like, from the beginning on easy and then played through your whole thing on easy? Or would the challenge of normal just have stopped you from finishing the game altogether? I would probably have thrown this game away. Hmm. Like, I don't know that I would have restarted on easy. I think I would have... Because I I would have been so trapped into trying to just get good that and that's oh that's another thing I guess is because I talked about this with Alex offline. Part of my issue with it is that when I was trying to fight the first boss, there was no way for me to go somewhere else and get good. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. go train, I couldn't yeah. level up, I couldn't find more rot. I mean, I could find more rot, but that wouldn't get me enough to get more actions or health or meditate, find more meditation spots. And that's a game. Like what Alex said is, is similar to a game design of the past because there's been a lot of online talk about how this is like one of the best PS2 games for a PlayStation five ever. Yeah. But like for me, a lot, obviously in this modern age, if I can't beat a boss, I just, I'm like, no sweat. Let me go grind out some levels, a couple dungeons away. You know what I mean? And the fact that I couldn't do that frustrated me. Yeah. But again, but I do give it props for letting me adjust difficulty on the fly because that was very important for my wellness and, and, and the longevity of the game for me, because I'm pretty sure I would have just kept trying. And then when it got to the point where I like died, like for my 30th try, I'd be like, this game isn't for me. It's just too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah and i and i guess to follow it up with the fact of being able to change it you know this game as you mentioned feels old right and it seems like the public reception is that it has game design philosophy of 15 20 years ago which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it just goes to show that right this is ember lab first you know game that they've made previously they were you know they have an animation background so obviously the game looks amazing the pre-render cutscenes look great you know visually this is a treat for the eyes and so at least there's like that on top of being able to change the difficulty a lot of good things the things that you know could be better as you mentioned a lot of the combat is very linear in that you know as you said you can't grind right like the game very much relies on you just knowing the mechanics and even in a way, since the game is so mechanic heavy, it's strange because, yeah, after you go through certain parts of the game, enemies just don't spawn anymore. So there's not like you can't even go anywhere to train like the best you can get 
is beating or like killing all but one enemy that spawns in a mob and then restart like reloading your game and then like having them manually respawn and trying again like that is like the only way you can quote unquote get better mechanically Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of an oversight that there isn't something that lets you kind of just if you want to get good that way here's like an infinite respawning zone where you can go practice um, especially because there is no way of just getting higher levels or increasing your damage output. So that's something I think that they could definitely have put in it and it could come in later, right? Like that, I feel like there's somewhere in the map they could add in a little spot. That's like, here's a little training area, right? Like, I think that's, that's patchable. Yeah. Like an arena mode um, or but something the stuff that... where you could like go to a Coliseum and have like waves of enemies. Cause this, like the, the type of combat is wave based. Like it's, it's always has like a couple waves to each battle. Like it's perfect for like a Coliseum. I think that would be great whether or not they do it. That's one thing, but yeah, I totally agree. Right. And another thing I feel like they could patch in, at least I hope so. Cause it's the game's built on unreal engine as well. So we know it's possible. The fast travel, I think. And this, this goes along with the whole enemies, not responding thing where, after you've cleared an area and the enemies no longer respawn, so there won't be any danger to come after you, you still have to go to a fast travel point to fast travel somewhere else. Now, you might be saying, Alex, a lot of games are like that. And that's true. A lot of games, you can only fast travel from a dedicated point to another dedicated point. But as we just talked about with things like Tails, also built on Unreal Engine, you can fast travel without needing that requirement, right? Like I can fast travel in that game from anywhere. I don't need to be a fast near a fast travel point mm-hmm. to any fast travel. And I think that just adds a little bit of clunkiness where I'm like, how close do I need to be? And this also goes along with the map aspect where I'm like, I think I'm close. Like the arrow shows me right near the fast travel point, but the game tells me I'm not close enough. Mm-hmm. So how like where's the clarity here in saying am I close enough like do I have to be standing on top of the fast travel point do I have to be standing right next to it like what range and so I think there's a lot of clarity there that could be cleaned up slash make the game feel better but for me you know mechanically I thought the game was fine my biggest complaint as Matt you mentioned earlier was just kind of the lack of story development uh, in the game it definitely felt like there were big aspirations from the get go. Uh, and, you know, spoiler warnings ahead to those that might be interested in playing this at some point. So I'll, I'll put it in the timestamp if you want to avoid this part. But in the beginning of the game, right, when Kena meets Kena, meets the first rot uh, creature, the rot notices that something's going on, going on with her hand as we can see like blue veins, like kind of, or like blue energy going under her hand. And, it's something that's never addressed again. She never, like, no other rot, like, looks at her hand or, like, looks concerned. She never, I mean, I think she's, like, held her hands a few times, but, like, no character addresses it. None of the other spirits talk about it. And at the end of the game, she, even she doesn't address it. And so, not to say that this wasn't their goal from the get-go, but it felt like the fact that the rot acknowledged it in the beginning and even the rot, which we come to learn, right, is the actual, you know, creature of the land, right, that gets dispersed into all the tiny little rots so they come back together and form the big creature, that even that creature doesn't address it, doesn't show any sign of concern 
or anything. So it's very hard for me to say, are they setting up a lot for a sequel? Mm -hmm. And I think if they are, then I'm okay with it. But that's the question. Are we getting one? I don't know. But if they're not planning on doing a sequel, it's hard for me to care more about, especially Kana herself, because they do a poor job in kind of developing out these threads that seem interesting. Like I'm super like, is she infected? Is she dying? Like what's going on with this? But then you, we really don't know. Like it's pure conjecture. And I think that's a benefit if in case there's a sequel, but if not, then you're kind of leaving a very haphazard mm-hmm. story in the wake of everything. Yeah. Just to kind of bounce off what you guys said, because a lot of us kind of feel the same way. Like this, this game is a solid, maybe like six to seven for me out of 10. Like I, and that's not saying I didn't enjoy it. I think that's my good range for me. Um, I think that it met expectations in a way that, yes, it is a double-A game. This is a first-time game development process. You can see that they definitely have great um, pieces of video game that they they base a lot of this on. There's a lot of Souls. There's a lot of Zelda. There's a lot of Metroid. All those things I love. So, of course, I love the PS2 era of video games. I love my Jack and Daxters and my Sly Cooper. I love that era. Would I love to see it now? I think this almost pointed me to if I had a verbatim remaster that looked gorgeous, this is what Kana would be. For me, I wanted to see it kind of make it better and like have that same okay yeah i grew up with jack and daxter this is the game i made now this is like builds on top of it uh, because really like i feel like they're just really really small steps um i think that the the story i honestly couldn't care less by the end of it i was like well i have no idea who any of these people are and i don't care i don't remember that person like that person's in the story like what is this um <laughs> wow i think that um i am a collector I love collectibles. I love collectathons. I thought that the collectibles in this game were like kind of annoying and not fun at all. Like I I didn't really care about the hats. I didn't care about dressing up my rot. Like it just didn't work for me. Um in all that saying like and I know like <laughs> the face on Tiffany's face is shocked, but like it just it didn't vibe with me with something where it's like this kind of seems pointless. Am I going Were you rot naked? No, no. Like, I would buy the hat if I got them, but I only bought one hat. I was about to buy, like, a hundred of the uh, the bunny hats because I thought those were hilarious. They kind of look like the yeah. bunny hood, but um, I didn't. Yeah. So maybe, like, Wait half of them are naked, but it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Alex also did a no-hat run. He When he found out that he didn't actually have to buy the hats or the trophy, he's like, I'm not buying hats then. I don't need them. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Fun fact, you cap out at 9,999 currency. So any sources of things that give currency don't, like, they just open and don't give you anything. And see, here's the thing. The currency doesn't matter. Because guess what? You have way too much. I capped out all of my abilities way too early. I was way overpowered way too early as far as my abilities go. Now, yes, the bosses, freaking difficult. Like, borderline too difficult. I beat it on normal. I'm probably, tonight after we record, I'll probably start master difficulty. 
Um, I am a little bit nervous, but like I love Demon Souls and Dark Souls, so I think I'm up for the challenge. Whether or not I'll actually be able to do it, that's another thing. But as far as the thing that was most disappointing to me was the skill tree. Like we're talking a four by four, so 16 things you can buy. Right now, not even sixteen. Was it it's not sixteen? Literally 15. fifteen. Yeah, because there's a one hole at the bot. You know what I mean? Like there's. Yeah, to me that is just like, are you just checking a box that you have a skill tree? Like it wasn't very well thought out. And there's a lot of different moves that they could easily have done. Um, but it's whatever. I think this makes me excited for the future for Ember Lab. And I'm not. I'm coming across very negative because honestly, in the grand scheme of things especially what I just finished playing right before Kena. Like, this is a game that looks like an indie. That's all it is. Like, you know, like, that's, like, a, an old-time indie. It's almost like a, this this would be a great Game Pass game. Or, like, oh, it's a good Netflix movie. Like, it's in that same category. Like, yes, it's double-A. Um, I was kind of hoping it would be pushing triple-A, but to me, it was a good experience. I would definitely recommend it, especially for the price it is, um, because compared to some other PS5 games, yeah, it's beautiful. It is pretty. Like, they, you could tell they're into animation, because they definitely do that right. Uh, But as far as everything else, it's kind of a mess. Um, But, hey, I'm trying to get the Platinum, so that's, that's a compliment to them, that even with all this mess up, I see something that could be really great one day. So I'm really excited for kind of their sophomore season of when they come back and like I, I think that they have something special with that team. I really do. You're actually like interested in starting over on master mode. Like yeah. pretty much right after you Sure. That's insane. The thing is if I That's... wait, I don't like I don't think I'll be good enough. Like now I get the combat and like now the com- like the second to final boss I um beat in the first try the final boss i think i beat in the second try like i was in the zone with like at the end of this story with the combat like i finally am understanding the timing of everything because of the timing here's the thing i can parry in all the souls games i play pvp with some of like dark souls and demon souls have played against other players and you know what it's a lot easier to parry an actual person than it is to parry some of these some of these enemies. Like it is a very tight window. Even with the update, it's still a tight window to parry. Um, so yeah, now that I have that timing, I feel like if I went back to Deathloop or something, I would come back and it would be like starting it all over on master difficulty, which would be insane. See, part of my issue also, number one, it's hard for me to replay a game almost immediately after I've already played it. Like, that's just, I've never really been able to do that. I've never really gone back to play something in a different difficulty just to get the trophy. But, like, another thing that is kind of daunting is that with Kana, in order to even upgrade, you're still going to have to go find the raw and, and stuff and collect freaking gems or whatever to upgrade your ability skill tree like you can't even speed run it to just beat the bosses because then your health is gonna be tiny yeah like that's just i'm like uh like i mean granted you know i played the first game like my console said my playthrough took about 14 hours which isn't bad especially because i 
listen, probably two of those hours is me just pulling up a map like 18 <laughs> times and then like not going in the correct direction. But like, you know, it sounds, I feel like it's going to take like another like eight ish hours to even mm-hmm. just do a, a, a speedier run, which isn't even gonna be that speedy if you need to find rot to make sure you get your action. So, you know what? Good luck. Godspeed. I hope you get it done. I'll let you know how it goes. With it. We'll see. Okay. Let me know. Because there's actually another game that I really want to get back to. And I stopped because you guys were playing Kena and I was like, I'm going to be part of them. There's this talk of an exploit. And I was like, I would love that. But then it didn't happen. So, <laughs> But I was playing knee deep into Deathloop. Deathloop is coming from Ar- Arcane uh, Studios. They're the people that made all the dishonor- Dishonored uh, video games. They also made Prey. Um, just a really fun combat I actually have never played any of those games. Uh, I'm really big into Bethesda, so I was definitely hyped for it. Their marketing was fantastic. And honestly, this game is a game. Like, this game is good. Like, it is It is just what the doctor ordered. Like, it is. Wow. Is it, it's more of a game than Kana is. Oh, it is. Oh, my gosh. And I think that might be part of why I rank it so low. Like, giving Kana a six and a half is what I'm like leaning towards when Tiffany gives it an eight and she's super disappointed. Like I think it's just because Deathloop is above a nine. Like it's, it's that nine, nine and a half for me. Um, this is definitely one of the most refined games that I've played all year. Very similar to how I thought about Returnal. I think that I'll be talking about both of these games come December when we record our game of the year discussion. Um, right now, I have no idea which one it is, uh, but it is a game that is worth it. If you're on the fence, I we have this, uh, when we play Fall Guys, the three of us, and we need another squad mate, I found this dude on Reddit, and he plays with us, and his name's Prescott, and he he's he's a homie now. Like, we, we chill, and we, like, play Fall Guys, and, like, we do challenges <laughs> together, and he messaged me while I was playing Deathloop, and he was like, hey, man, like how do you like it? And I like, I gave him my full review and was like, you should check it out. He's like, yeah, I totally will. We were playing Fall Guys the other day and I was like, Prescott, you getting Deathloop? And he's like, yeah, like maybe after I finish up my backlog. But like, I'm recommending this game to everyone. Anyone who is interested in this combat, like go for it. The story, the story uh, towards the end kind of falters in my opinion but i feel like the story overall of the world and the characters all together and how they're able to make a time loop work in this world is so excellent um i loved it from start to finish i'm very excited to finish off the trophies because they're kind of fun it's just kind of like do something a special way um and they are difficult as well so like these two platinums will take me a lot of time, which is why Ted Lasso is not happening for a long time. Or Mythic Quest. That's fair. That's but, fair. Um, Deathloop, I know neither of you um, have much interest in Deathloop as of right now. Um, this is definitely a game to watch. I, I think that this is going to um, win across the board when we get to the Game Awards. I think Deathloop is going to steal the show. I really do. Um, voice acting, music, story everything like it is far above most things that have happened this year so you say you know currently right 
and I think I speak for both me and Tiffany here that, you know, as you pointed out, we're not super interested in checking it out now, but you know, as you're fully aware that there is a multiplayer aspect to it, you know, and this multiplayer aspect is opt-in so you can disable it if you want and you don't have to, you know, explicitly engage with it. But, and I think this is kind of a similar thing that I had with death stranding when that came out back in 2019 and that was a game that was also kind of this weird, like asynchronous multiplayer. You're not like really playing with other people, but your experience is pretty heavily influenced by the fact that other people are playing the game as well. That if Tiffany or I or the both of us were to check out Deathloop later, do you think that that would change our perception or experience of it if, let's say, less people are playing it in the future compared to you know the zeitgeist of right now? I think. It is exciting to be so there for everybody back home that maybe has not seen much of Deathloop. Um, basically, the multiplayer aspect is another player can play as an assassin called Juliana who can invade your world and kind of kill you before you kill anybody else. Um, it is exciting to get invaded by another real player and kind of like test your grit. But I will, I will be the first to acknowledge um, the Julianas on day one, I was cleaning house. I was like, you know what? An FPS versus an FPS. And you know what? I'm going to take my own ability over any of these scrubs. But you know what? Now, now I am playing offline because these Julianas are kicking my butt. Like, they are really good. <laughs> and I have no chance against these people. They have great... Um, it's, it's almost like what you do after the game. Like they have taken this as a challenge to test out like new ways to kind of lure in the main character into this one area and then just unload on him. Um, because actually Juliana has to kill the main character multiple times, uh, for that to count actually as a kill, uh, based on some powers uh, that he has. Um, but I, I think even without those, the offline Juliana is still exciting and it's still terrifying at the same time. She's not the smartest AI, as are most of these people aren't the smartest AI. Uh, but I, I don't think that it takes away from your experience because honestly, at this point, I'm kind of opting for offline mode because people are just getting really good. And I don't, I guess I'm not getting just as good. <laughs> <laughs> So would that be counted almost as like easy mode or story yeah. mode? Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's counted as story mode because I've never I've never been killed by an offline Juliana. I've only been killed by real players, um, and so yeah, it, it's it's still fun. And I think it's a you know when you talk about accessibility for players because some people don't want a difficult experience like all these things about changing difficulty on the menu or changing it to offline mode, all these things make it more appealing to the greater audience. So if you are interested in a really good time loop story, you could still get it in offline mode. And honestly, it's just as exhilarating and you'll have a great time. Because there's a part where I was thinking I was online and I was offline for like two days and I never realized it. Like it doesn't take away your experience. <laughs> okay. Um, because it doesn't even say offline, it says single player. And then online. So in my mind, I was like, yeah, I'm single player. Like, no one's on my couch. Like, yeah, it's just me. <laughs> um, but great, 
great video game. Very excited. More to come. Hopefully I get a platinum um, before some of the big heavy fall hitters come out. When does Forza come out? Forza comes out in November. So okay. Forza. And it comes out at the same time that I get my uh, Elite 2 Halo controller. It's going to be oh. olive green. It's going to be great. Um, which actually leads into another thing that I've been playing, which was the Halo Flight or the Halo Beta. I played with Yasser. Me and him uh, just had a ton of fun. Nothing really to say except Halo is amazing. And I can't wait. Are you pre-ordering? Oh, wait. No, I guess you don't even have to pre-order because it's pre-order, coming, yeah. on, coming on the Game Pass. Yeah, I will definitely be playing day one. Um, and when Yasser, is that? That is in December. December 14th, 13th, something like that. I don't know. Something Are there. you going to take some vacation time? I should. You're so right. I should. No, you... W- <laughs> boy. I definitely need to. Put those hours in. Because Alex is joining the squad. Alex is going to squad up with Yasser and I. He doesn't look super convinced, but I'm convinced he's going to be joining he, the squad. He's not, oh, yeah. No, I'm, he's going to be home. He won't be able to squad I mean, the, oh, yeah, that's actually funny. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll be unable to play because oh, I won't be boo. at my PC. <laughs> oh, wow. I actually didn't think about that. That's you should, no, this is Alex, down here. Uh, you should Alex is going to be bit. playing Mario Party Superstars with me instead oh, of Halo Infinite. <laughs> I'll be visiting the family while uh, Infinite's out, so I'll be a little bit behind the curve. But, you know, you got to give everyone else a head start. When you've had decades of FPS experience like I oh, have, right? it's like, my love. you got to, you know, I'll come in with the rest of the Christmas noobs. Yeah. You know? Listen, here's <laughs> yeah, the Christmas noobs. That, yeah. yeah, and then I'll, I'll, I have then an excuse <laughs> if I get cleaned up to say, hey, I'm just a Christmas Yeah. Noob. <laughs> That's actually true. I love <laughs> so i was actually so when i was playing um with yasser he was like just just out of curiosity when was the last like actual first person shooter you played in a multiplayer capacity like a big one and i was like maybe destiny 2 which came out forever ago and he was like oh okay <laughs> Like, you could tell how disappointed he was that we were squatting up. Why? Um, well, because it's been a long time, you know? You, you age, but like, what is your he, response wait, which, time. Which game has he been keeping up with? Oh, yeah, he plays a lot of, like, Warzone. Like, he plays a lot of Call of Duty. Like, he's oh. he's definitely an FPS guy. Um, so we, we played for, like, four hours last weekend. And um, towards the end of it, like, we were just demolishing these kids, right? And I actually got a message on Xbox Live, and it was, like, the classic from, like, original Xbox where, like, people are abusive online with messaging and stuff. So I got called a lot of names um, (laughs) via that Xbox Live message. And um, Yasser texted me right after I logged off. He's like, I think getting hate mail is the surefire way to know you still got it. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it is. Oh my god. It's always a good sign. Always a good sign. Um but I've got actually one more thing that I've been doing that I really want to tell you guys about. And I don't know if you guys have been about this. It's a TV show that came out on Netflix and it's called Squid Game. Have you guys heard of this? Yes. So yes. I was we were just talking about it before we started recording. So I found out about squid game or the korean title is called ojingo game because ojingo means squid uh-huh. 
and it I heard about it a couple days ago, I think, because it was like yeah. blowing up on my Twitter. I saw it everywhere. I asked Alex if he'd heard of it, and he said no. And so, I thought she was talking about Splatoon. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, and so I, I read the premise of it, and honestly, it reminds me of Battle Royale. It reminds me yep. of Hunger Games. Um, actually, so I called my dad today, and mm-hmm. I asked him if he had heard of Ojingo Game. Um, and he had no idea because he watches a lot of Korean dramas on Netflix. Um, for those new listeners, Alex and I are Korean. Um, so year two, year two, our new listeners at year two. Yeah, it's lore. So, it's lore. Yeah. So, um, I basically told my dad, I was like, I asked him if he had watched or heard of Ojungo game and he said no. So I told him that when I come home to visit in a couple weeks that we will, watch it together Mm -hmm. because growing up um one of the things that my father and i did a lot together was binge watch korean dramas whenever i came home from college and pharmacy school and all that so we would literally hole up for like three days or like three or four days of my week-long like fall break or whatever and we'd watch a korean drama from start to finish nice so i told him we'll check it out but even though i kind of told him the premise a little bit and he was not He's like, this doesn't sound like it's for me. And I said, don't worry, we'll check it out. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I might force him into it. But it's, yeah, it's gone. So. Did you finish it? I have not finished it. Um, okay. So friend of the show, Gerald. We all, you know, got to yeah. love Gerald. He's like our, half our of. one write-in. Yeah. We or have, actually, no, our first write-in. Our f- Was it first? Not our. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's like okay. half of the people that have ever written in. Um but good friend yes. of mine, uh, we were roommates in pharmacy school, um, and he told me about Squid Game maybe a week and a half ago or so, um, right when it came out. Oh, yeah, because it came out on the 17th. I think he, like, maybe texted me, like, on the 18th or something, and he's, like, he's big into binging TV shows, and he's, like, hey, you need to watch this. Like, this is special. Like, this is good. And I was, like, all right, I'll watch it. Well, I didn't start watching until two week, two days ago. Um, two days ago, I watched two episodes. Last night, I watched three episodes. There's only nine episodes in total. Um, so I will definitely finish it by this weekend. Um, it is fantastic. Like, definitely get Money Heist vibes. Like, that sort of show. Like, it takes a lot for me to get invested into a TV show. As you can tell, like, TV is definitely my, like, bottom of the barrel media for me personally. And this is a show that just gets me super excited and like I love it and I really just can't get enough. Um, it is very violent. So just so you know, um, for anybody that's very squeamish, um, some of the imagery is very jarring. I will just put that out there. But if you you've seen if you've seen Money Heist, you're no stranger to that. Uh, the boys also like there there's violence in all, a lot of these shows that we've talked about over the past year. Um, is but, it more or less than the boys um or similar it is a lot of gun violence i would just say that so a lot of shooting okay. um a lot of people getting shot so okay if that's something that really puts you off then maybe you know don't look at it but um it, i think definitely it's a really interesting show um i've been loving 
the voice acting or not the voice acting the the vo- the characters um like all the actors and actresses um all korean um i've just really enjoyed having something to kind of read subtitles which is weird like i so, oh I'm so lo- you're watching it you're watching it subbed yeah 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 definitely i think it just adds so much emotion because i actually watched half of an episode in english to see what it what kind of difference and honestly to me like they just don't capture the emotion that i think is just like so palpable by these characters it's a huge mystery i have no idea what's going on and i'm trying to avoid spoilers like the plague but it's definitely something where i'm like this is one of the first tv shows that i am dying to watch the next episode which of course i started watching it with my girlfriend so i am at her mercy of when we watch it so that's why (laughs) it might have to wait until this weekend but um it is a fantastic show um you guys should definitely watch it and i when i first started it i was like we're doing a peer review on this and so i actually texted gerald and gerald has agreed to star in one of our next peer reviews so if you guys would like to join feel free but everybody this is your homework Go watch Squid Game and then listen to our peer review whenever that happens because it is something special, honestly. I think what I'm most shocked about is that it actually got a dub, like an English dub, because most... Because, first of all, Korean dramas are plenty. They've been here for decades. They're amazing. There's also They also churn out like ten, like 20 Korean dramas a week almost. Like, oh, it's wow. Just, there are, I mean, because you have all the major Korean cable network channels that each have their own set of dramas that air, you mm-hmm. know, Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, all that stuff. And so you and then you have non-cable channels or sorry. Well, yeah, I think cable and non-cable and all these dramas. There's literally so many. It's a full time job to even try to watch all of them. I think it's almost impossible. And Netflix ever since basically Netflix has cut a deal to air and fund a lot of Korean dramas, which has been wonderful because originally there was a website called Drama Fever. I think that was maybe owned by AT&T or Warner Brothers. I can't remember which one, but Drama Fever used to be the like American or European access point for Korean dramas, you know, getting them subbed um, and available to a lot of people. And that shut down, like, unexpectedly a couple years ago. So I was kind of like, where are we supposed to watch Korean dramas now without illegally downloading it? So the fact that Netflix has been really supporting it has been absolutely fantastic. My parents love it that they can get access to so many Korean dramas through Netflix. But I've never, ever seen a dubbed K-drama mm-hmm. on Netflix. Is Train to Busan dubbed? Is there a dubbed option? I I watched a subbed, so I, I don't oh. know. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, so the fact that it's they went out and dubbed it is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Like the, it sounds like they really wanted to make this accessible to yeah. all sorts of people. And the fact that it's blowing up actually kind of warms my heart. Yeah. The premise of the show really scares me and sounds depressing. But the fact that people really love it sounds great. In fact, today I got a like one of our coworkers Two of our coworkers have asked me if I've watched watched it today. It was literally today. <laughs> Other than you're you, Korean? <laughs> what? is that why? <laughs> I know. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know. But 
I am definitely interested in checking out. And that has also reminded me I should probably tell my mom not to watch it mm-hmm. because I'm like, we can just watch it together. Yeah. It's quite good. It is quite good. Um, so I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to see how other people like it. I'm excited to see what you guys think about it because uh, I saw something on Twitter or Instagram like it is on pace to be the most popular Netflix show ever, which is crazy to me. Like that that, that to me is insane. Like it came out of nowhere for me. Um, so yeah. check it out. The fact that it's even like number it was number one in the U.S. Like it's the first K drama to ever be number one, which is also really astonishing to me. Yeah, which makes me once want to check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. And you can always watch the first episode. And if it doesn't jive with you, you can always not watch it. I think there's nine episodes. So great stuff. With that, I think that we conclude episode number 46 of the RXP podcast. If you want to tell us what you guys have been doing since we've been away for a little bit, why don't you send us an email at rxp.podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at rxp underscore podcast and let us know all about what you've been playing and what you've been listening to. Alex, one last closing thought. Yeah, just shout out to Graymaster Doug for the theme music. Oh, yeah. Always back to Grandmaster Doug. These awesome new tunes. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Peace. Come in with the rest of the Christmas noobs. Maybe like half of them are naked, but it's fine. It's okay.